Okay, we're in First uh, John chapter 3. Last week we did three verses. Today, many, many more. We'll get all the way up to verse 12. It's, uh, it's been slow, but there's a lot here. And I, you know, like last week, you know, in three verses we had plenty to talk about, and it seemed like at the end I was rushing to get done. I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 12. We'll comment briefly on verse 1, 2, and 3, and we'll get right into, uh, you know, the study this morning. Let's pray. Father, as we look into your holy word, we pray blessings that you would speak to our hearts, that you would tell us the things that we need to know, that you would uh, give great um, just reception to your word, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive it. You know, it's it's your word is good. Um, many turn their nose up at it, and we just you know, don't take it in, and we think, you know, just showing up, getting the download is enough, but, you know, we're reminded that your word tells us that if we, you know, listen, but we don't, and we go away and we don't obey what it says, well, like that, that man who's beholding his face in a glass, he walks away and forget what he looks like. We'd count that as strange behavior, but Lord, you count as strange behavior those who don't obey your word, so Lord, bless us not only to our, like, spiritual nourishment, as it were, but to our obedience, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why are you saying obedience? It's, it's actually going to call on us to do something. And you can, as I just read down through it, you know, think in those terms. The first uh, three verses, uh, here's a blessing, you know. And then because of this, we're called on to make some Okay, these are, these verses are true. So what? Well, this what is what this is about. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now ye are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous, uh, righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not, uh, doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Let's uh, just jump right in. Okay, last week we were treated to, we're sons of God. Now, he could have just saved us without adopting us. I would have been happy with that. I would have been like, yay, no hell. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome Savior. He wasn't content with that. So he adopts us into his forever family. 
This is the love of God toward us. It's not just a static love. It's not a love that doesn't, you know, just saves. I mean, like, again, who would have faulted him for that? But his love is so much better than that. And the fact that people don't know that you're a child of God, that goes to the territory. They didn't recognize Jesus. They won't recognize you. It doesn't appear that we... Uh, what we what we shall be, we know that when he shows up, it's going to be a different day. We're going to be like him. We're going to see him as he is. And we spend a lot of time developing that. We won't for the, our purposes this morning. Every man that hath the, this hope, what hope? The blessed hope, the, uh, the appearance of Jesus Christ. What every man, every man that hath this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. So we're thinking like Jesus is going to come today. If I could convince you that Jesus would come today, you're going to go home and watch porn. I would suggest you would not. I would suggest whatever part of your life you think needs straightening up, you'd go ahead and straighten that up. Uh, that's what it would look like because you you wouldn't want to, you know Jesus catch you with some sort of folly, some foolishness, some rebellion when he came back. Well, I think thought um, since I got saved. Yeah, I never thought I'd see the year 2000. Now here we are, uh, 2020, and I'm way late with my predictions that he's going to show up at any minute. But it's served my purpose very well because I've always believed that, and it's always led to uh, a life that wasn't in... I'm not even going to joke about not sinning, but I will say I've never been in open rebellion against God for a long period of time. I, I, that just it didn't seem to fit with the fact that he's going to show up. And, and John says this, every man that hath this hope that Jesus is going to come back, he purifies himself even as he is pure. He who? Jesus. He, and that should be like capital H, he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for the sin is the transgression of the law. We know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. So you're a sinner. You don't know Jesus. It says so right there. Problems with that? Now, let me explain it, because, you know, someone at first blush would say, this doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of Scripture. And if you take it with the idea, okay, you sin, you don't know Jesus. That's all there is to it. You think, Adam, it sounds a little harsh. You're going to soften it a little bit? Only a little bit. But I will, and we don't have to soften Okay, I, I don't I don't make apologies for the word of God and I don't edit it, but I will explain it. And at first blush, it's not exactly what it says. And how do we know it's not exactly what you think it's saying? Because back in chapter one, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Now, if we're saying in chapter one, the same author who's not schizophrenic says, listen, you say you don't have any sin. You're lying. You're lying to yourself. You're not lying to God. I mean, because he already knows you're not putting over on him. But, and it says we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, what is it? Is it you're sinning or you're not sinning? Are you, if you say you're not sinning, guess what? You're a liar. And here in chapter 3, uh, uh, whosoever abides in him does not sin. Now, the, the key here is the sineth, okay? King James comes to our rescue here, and this is one of the reasons I like King James. Because you don't know uh, the, the verb participle. I don't even know. You don't know the, the 
you know, we have words like, you know, um, you know, he looked, he is looking, he will look. And we have ver like um, tense, that's the word I'm looking for. And also helper verbs to help it along to, so we understand what tense we're talking about. A lot of times uh, you'll see that in the King James with the E-T-H. It means sin and keep on sinning. In other words, practicing sin. Okay, so I'm a Christian. You know, you know people like this. I'm a Christian, but I'm, and we just say, and, and whatever, and then we excuse it, which are our belief in situational ethics. By the way, I was, I was watching something this morning. If I watch the Genesis channel, the last guy to come on before I have to get ready to leave, his is a real raspy voice, and he's talking about, like, you know, a lot of different things, you know, Christian beliefs and stuff like this. Uh, and he was talking this morning about situational ethics. Like, the millennials, they believe 9% of Christian millennials believe, don't believe in absolute truth. I mean, 9% believe in absolute truth. 91% do not. Well, 91% don't know what they're talking about. But when we get into the upper echelons, the higher ups, the only 30 something percent, like 30, I think it was like a third, because it was like, it was 68% didn't believe in absolute truth. Okay, you're a Christian who doesn't believe in absolute truth. You're mistaken. And, and so for that 68%, they believe in the situational ethics. And that's why we see the church in such decline. I mean, I mean listen, uh, uh, adultery is wrong. We all know it's wrong. Well, if you look at it, you know, at home, you know, my spouse, they don't really understand me. And my husband, he's really harsh. And this guy at work, he just treats me so, and you don't understand. You're not factoring all the factors, Adam. You know, you, you can't, you, it's not just that black and white. You don't understand. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I've been dealing with people who are caught in sin for a long time. And I want to tell you something. You're heart will make a convert of your mind. I, I talk with somebody, well, I'm not sure if I believe in God. Oh, who is she? I say to him. Because we always got to get rid of God be, so I can sleep with whoever. And that's always that. It's, it's, is it always that way? No, only 90-something percent of the time it's that way. It's almost always that way. There's other reasons we can get rid of God, too. But usually it's about who I want to sleep with. I mean, it just, just is, okay? Like I say, I've been doing this a while. Um, we, we let our heart and our desire overwrite uh, what we know to be true because we have the sinful nature. And we don't want to deal with it. Look, I, it always come, comes back to this in my thinking, okay? In garden, the garden. You can know right or wrong. You can be like the big guy. You can say what's right. You can say what's wrong. He sold us a bill of goods. Satan's always lying. You can't discern right and wrong. You're not God. You're much less than that. And here's the thing. You think you can. And so, you know, here's the thing. You know, listen. If you guys, you're going to get married anyway, just go for it. Once you live together, it's while you're waiting to get married, it's cheaper anyway, right? And you're going to get And besides, listen, you wouldn't drive a car without taking it for a test drive. Come on. How are you going to know if you're sexually compatible? And Christians, I'm, listen to what I'm saying. Christians, born again, love the Lord, buy into this 
all the time. You got to stop that. <laughs> and he's going to say that. You got to you got to cut that out. He's going to say you're going to All right, let's just I'm getting ahead of myself. Every man who believes Jesus Christ has come back purifies himself. Whoso committeth, committeth and keep on doing is the idea, okay? Not because here's, here's the thing. None of us are going to say I'm flawless. None of us are going to say I'm perfect. You're right. So what does it look like? It, it looks like you're having a bout with your, with your flesh nature and sometimes you come up short, okay? Sometimes you sin. T- sometimes you step over the line. Sometimes you transgress. And what do you do? The Holy Spirit of God in you, this is a normal, this is, Christian 101, basic Christianity. The Spirit of God says, you know, that wasn't right. And then you say, yeah, I know, I know. And then you repent. What a wonderful word. It's erased like it never happened. Uh, it's, It's gone. Well, your sins are already gone. They're already paid for. But you clear the air. You you have that moment like, because I don't want to be victimized by sin. Sin will always victimize you. I said before, like only 173 times this month maybe, choose to sin, choose to suffer. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand fast in this, this freedom. Don't be entangled again into a yoke of bondage. Sin always promises more than it delivers. Satan's like that. You can know right from wrong. You can't. You can't. You have to depend on the Word of God. You can't figure it out. You won't figure it out. Well, she's awful pretty. I think it's, you know, I feel like it's, and you know, so this guy this morning, he's going on to say like millennials, so they feel in their gut, well, this feels right, and that's how they proudly cast their vote and do what they think ought to be done because of their gut. Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that silly. I don't know another. That's the best word I can come up with. I'm not that silly. Neither should you be. That's a that's poor way to determine. Ken Graves always says, you know, man, we don't have feelings. Really. And he... I, I'm going to call him out just a little bit. Ken's my pastor, and, and, and I, I agree with what he says 100% in the sense that we don't go by feelings. We have them, and they're fine for what they're fine for, but they just, they're not a determinant in how we should behave. I feel cowardice sometimes. It's hard for me to admit that. Why? Because I'm a coward. I, I want to tell, show you how brave I am. I just don't obey the cowardice. You don't obey that, uh, that, that voice. You feel it. You just don't engage there. You say, I, I can't, I, can, I, can, I don't go by my feelings. I don't go by, right now I should shrink, I, I feel like I want to shrink back. I want to, you know, go lie in a fetal position, suck my thumb and, you know, pull the covers over my head and just, no, no, no. You got to be bold. You got to stand for Christ at a time like this. And so what I know the scripture tells me is what I behave like, hopefully, and I don't, and I don't punk out. We don't go by feelings. And I agree with that. When kids, I, I, I agree with them 110%. We have the feelings. We just don't listen to them. They don't, but here we have a generation coming up with, well, I, I feel like I, I, I gotta be in my safe space. And then they act on that. And that is like, what Bible verse do you, safe space? What, 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 what Bible verse is this are you talking about? We, we're men of, and women of the Word of God. Uh, oh, I'm getting 
I'm getting my... Oh, wait. Whoso committeth sin transgresses also the law. For the sin is the transgression of the law. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Not much... He's setting up for verse 5, and you know that he was manifested. He, Jesus Christ, was manifested. He was revealed to take away our sins, and him is no sin. We learned that Wednesday night. We talked about the cross. We visited Isaiah chapter 53 and other places. Uh, the reason Jesus showed up was to take away our sin. You blew it. That was such a good place for an amen. You want me to tee it up again? Take another swing at it. He, all right, all right. And and he was manifest to take away sin. In him there is no sin, and we learned that Wednesday night. You know, even his enemies, I find no fault. Pilate said that several times. Go ahead and crucify him. They sent him to, uh, to Herod. Herod, I, I didn't find anything wrong with him. Um, the thief on the cross, he's done nothing wrong. The centurion, surely this was the son of God. In him is no sin. We found that in scripture. He's that, when we learn in Leviticus, the, the, the sacrifice had to be flawless. Why? Because it was a picture of Jesus Christ. Whoso abideth in him sinneth not. Now here's the, this is black and white. This is easy, easy peasy. Uh, you could go back to the first grade. Uh, John's gonna, uh, draw us a picture and he's gonna use crayons. He's gonna just, Dumb it down so nobody's going to miss this. You abide in him, you're not practicing sin. What, any problem there? Whoso sinneth, practices sin, has not seen him, neither knows him. Oh, I'm, oh me, and the, the, me and the guy upstairs, we're, oh, it's just like, and you know, uh, what, what's, what's the problem? Oh, you're living in sin. You, 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 your life is all about sin. It's all about lawlessness. He came to defeat that. He came to put that away. Look, in verse... Uh, b -b 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 verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You're practicing what Jesus is going to destroy. How does that make any sense? Oh, I'm living in Christ, practicing what Christ is against, what he came to earth to uh, save me from and defeat the wicked one. And I'm practicing it. Now, think that all the way through. And I'm, and I'm bounding myself with fetters after Jesus Christ has set me free. Are you really a child of God? That doesn't sound very child of God-like. I'm not... Listen... Listen, this is your pastor talking. I'm not here to guilt anybody. I, last thing in my life I'd ever want to do. I want to be gracious. But listen, you've got to work through this and say, uh, I, I know I can't defeat whatever this sin is in my life. I, I, pornography. I'm just, I, I was at the, at the computer just not. I'm, I'm watching all this. But I'm a child of God. I, I, but hey, it's an addiction. What can you do? <laughs> Whoso abideth in him sinneth not. That's all I know. That's what the scripture tells us, okay? Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Take that right at face value. You're practicing sin and you say you're a Christian. One of those statements isn't true. And if you're practicing sin, living in sin, open rebellion against God, I'm sorry. I know. So now the question always comes up, you know, did they lose their salvation? And, you know, back I, I put a lot of 
the stock in chapter 2, verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest. They were not of us. Can you be a Christian in a backslidden condition? I will tell you this. I don't, I've never seen a verse that says the words backslidden Christian. I see the word backslidden. I think it's in Hosea, and he's comparing uh, the northern tribe, Ephraim. He says they're like a backslidden heifer. You know, a, you know, a, a cow that's trying to gain some purchase, but the, it's so miry and it's a, lo, a little bit of, they keep sliding backwards. And he's saying that, you know, the northern tribe is like that. Backslidden Christian, where did, where did you find that term? Where, where did you see that scripturally? How, how, how do you take, how do you, uh, take comfort in the fact that sin is ruling your life when Jesus is supposed to be ruling your life? How do, how do you do that? I don't know. And by the way, it's not just like he, he wants us, he gives us how to, the how to, and I'm going to go here, Romans chapter 6. I'm just going to read a lot, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk very little on it, let the word speak for itself. What shall we say then, uh, Romans 6, verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Listen, when you sin, grace is there. Let's send up a storm and grace will be everywhere. Great idea. No. <laughs> God forbid. How shall... We that are dead to sin live any longer therein. Know ye not that as many as us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Wait, what? Baptized into his death? Yeah, 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 yeah. Therefore we were buried with him in baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Is your Christian life, is it a new thing? Were you converted from sin to salvation, where you converted from the old man in the sin nature to the new man, Jesus Christ, walking in righteousness. If you weren't converted, if, if the before looks just like the after, what were you converted from? What were you converted to? Well, I prayed a prayer. Good for you. What I, was, did conversion happen is what I want to know. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, planted sounds just like it is, buried, right? Buried, that's... It's kind of like a bad pun there. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Resurrected life. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. You, you want to see this principle? Go to a... Uh, any graveyard will do, and try to tempt all the people into rebellion, witchcraft, uh, drug use. Just, just, just try to get them to send up a storm. Nothing's going to happen. Why? They're dead. Okay? We're dead to sin. That's how it works. Not we should be. It, we are. Okay? We, we live. We, that, it, this has no effect on us anymore. He that is dead is freed from sin. We're dead in Christ. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. And by extension, no more dominion over us. Obviously. For in that he died, he died unto, unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, in the same way, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You ate the apple. Oh, your late great Adam did. Spit it out. 
Give it back to God. It's never been yours to say what's right and what's wrong. Situational ethics is wrong. God, what do you want for my life? Your Lord, you purchased me when you bought salvation, and you don't get a chance to say. So I'm going to, some of them come up and they argue with Oh, I think this is right. Where's your verse? You don't get a verse, you don't get nothing. And that's America, and that's why it's being torn apart, and that's why we're in turmoil. We ate the apple. We think we're God now. We can define marriage. We can say who's what gender and it's very fluid and you can do this and uh, you can protest and you can tear down statues if they offend your sensibilities. Everything, it's all. Hey, what, what sweetheart? What do you want? What, what, oh, we'll do it just your way. We can't have everybody's way. And we were at one time, you know, God's law meant something. Now we've kicked him out. We've, we, we sowed the wind. We're reaping the whirlwind. I tell you, we can have this straightened out by, I don't know, the weekend, next weekend. If my people, which are called by name, will humble themselves, will turn from their wicked ways and seek my face and pray, I'll, I'll hear from heaven. I'll, I'll forgive and I'll heal their land. Coronavirus is dead in the water next weekend. All you do is repent. How many of us? How many of us have to pray? How many of I don't know. I don't know. Are you, are you seeking his face during this time? Are you turning from your wicked ways? Are you putting aside sin? First John 4, it's, it's not an option. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. Again, he's just he's drawing pictures with crayons. <laughs> I'm a kindergartner all of a sudden. He's talking to me. You, you do righteous, you are righteous. You do sin, you are a sinner. Are we missing anything here? And, and, and I'm not saying he's saying it in a sarcastic way, but he's gearing it right down. Jesus said the same thing. Good tree, good fruit. Oh, I get that wrong. Good fruit, good fruit, good tree. Bad fruit, bad tree. So how are we with that, that whole understanding that we can just sit up a storm, we can get away with it, and there's no payoff, and, and we can comfort ourselves by still saying that we're in Christ. So he didn't say it enough for you yet. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Hey, we're all children of God. That's wrong. We learned that last week. God has given us the power to become his sons, not natural sons, not natural daughters, but he's adopted us into his family. You, uh, and how, how, what did he adopt us out of? The family of, of Satan. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. This purpose, the Son of God, was manifested, revealed here, right, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Will he? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, he says that we're going to uh, put, he's going to put Satan under our feet shortly. I'm going to do a jig. I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the twist. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, just uh, whatever, boy. I'm just going to, I hate him. He keeps, People who, my last name, locked up in his nefarious dungeon, away from truth, uh, caught up in religion. I hate him. Even Christians, he keeps us confused if we don't have the light of the word of God in our hearts continually. He'll come and, he, you know, he's not indifferent to our Bible learning, 
when when the seed is sown, the birds come and they'll if it's hard ground, they'll come and they'll take that word away. Those those birds are messengers of Satan, says Jesus himself. He's not leaving it up to our interpretation. And he's not indifferent to us receiving the word. He'll keep us busy. He'll keep us misdirected. He'll keep our, our eyes focused on the wrong things all the time. I, I will tell you, he's good at what he does. I, I give old, uh, the old boy his props. He's been Satan for a long time, and he's good at it. But but Jesus comes, a hero, and he's going to throw Satan into the bottomless pit. But not till I stand on his neck. I'm gonna have that's gonna be a photo op. Me and all my buds, we're gonna be like stand on Satan. You're gonna take a somebody's gonna snap that picture, and we're gonna just frame it and keep it forever. It's so, such a wonderful day that's gonna be. Whosoever is born of God does not, let's say, practice sin. You sin, of course you do. I do. That fallen nature. Oh, what a killer! Strong. Isn't it strong? When Satan uh, tries to tempt us, he, he's, he's got... Uh, the old man is his natural... They, they get along famously. And I've got to look down at... The, forget what he's offering. He's always lying. Look past that and think like, I'm going to be so shame-faced. I'm going to be so... You know, if, if you're righteous you're bold as a lion i like being bold as a lion i like being 10 foot tall and bulletproof i love living in the in the will of god no 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 satan get out of here with that not now not ever and you just cast him out in jesus name you're not welcome here he'll be back i say satan you know what i mean one of his whoever little buck private demon assigned to your case in my case whoever it is i i can't have that it's not it's not going to play out like you say it's going to play out and i've got to look in faith to the word of god you know and there's a lot of verses like i say we just read several of them from uh romans chapter six how about again you notice i think it's galatians chapter five verse one is for freedom that christ has set us free i like freedom uh the problem with americans because satan is who satan is they think freedom means you can do whatever you want that's the problem. Freedom is the freedom to do what you ought to do, the freedom to serve God. And if you haven't found that, discovered that yet, you should. I mean, you, you must, but you really should. It's a wonderful feeling to be right with God all the time. To, to Look at it. He that has this whole pure prize himself. You're so excited about him coming back. You're not ashamed at all because you're living the life. You're walking in Christ. You're walking in the power of the Spirit. You're putting to uh, death the old man, and you and you you can't wait for him to show up. It's like this is going to be the coolest ever. And you and oh, don't come back now, Lord. I got to overcome this. Who wants to live like that? Is it sin? Is it paying off? Is it really good? Because I've I've done all the sin. Okay. It promises much, it delivers nothing. And I think I'm free. It's ridiculous. I'm just I'm just building a cage. It's Whosoever is born of God does not practice sin. Why? For his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. What sin remains in him? You know how it is, guys. The, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, I have a real, I have this real short temper because my dad was just, Ugh. and you know, you when dad was home, we all walking on eggshells because he could go off at any minute. 
My dad wasn't like that, but I'm just giving you an example. I, my, my dad had a lot of intensity, I will tell you that. If you're discussing something that was near to his heart, even if you were agreeing with him, you'd think there was an argument. He was loud, and he was very, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. I can have that, I think, sometimes. I don't know if you ever noticed that or not. Hey, uh, why are you like that, Adam? Calm down. Hey, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I inherited some things from my dad. And I really did. Not just the name, that weird name. I mean, you know how genetics work, right? You, you've understood this. Now, you use it as an excuse. Mm, to be fair, I've used an excuse. Well, that's just the way I am. Yeah, if you understood, if you knew my dad, if you knew my grandfather, oh, we're all like that. We're all a bunch of, you know, rednecks and we're, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, chauvinists and we, uh, and, and racists and all. And I'm a million and one reasons to be not who I'm supposed to be, because it's all my dad's fault. Do you, you get that? Anyone here know what I'm talking? Just not agree with it. Just know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Look, you're right. You're right. Whoso is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. The word is spermia. That seed. You're born of God. Now, don't make it. Don't take it so literal, because that can be kind of weird. It's, He's not talking about that. His seed, you're born again. And his seed, he planted something in us. What? Righteousness. Is it, uh, hey, uh, uh, I have, for seasons in my life, practiced sin. What a miserable existence. I have Christ in me. I have enough Christ in me that that stuff's miserable uh, to me. And I have... I can't be happy there because I have Christ in me. You see how I'm saying? And um, you get, you, you're most miserable of all. There's too much Christ in you to be happy in sin. And, you know, when you're in sin, you're, you're just... You, you can't be happy in the world anymore. That's how it is. Why? Because you're born of God. His seed remaineth in them. He cannot sin. And that's, again, the idea of practicing sin, because he's born of God. What happened when I got saved? Oh, I don't know. A lot of stuff. Uh, some transaction. I, I signed up on to be with him forever. The Holy Spirit of God came into my heart. In fullness, is there like a baptism, a second blessing? Put that aside right now. The Spirit of God is in us. One way, like door slammed shut as soon as he entered, kind of in my thinking, because I've never seen a verse where it talks about the Spirit leaving. Never leave you forsake you. That's what I always think. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm born of God. Can I get unborn? I, I don't know. I don't even want to explore that. I just want to get close to God as I possibly can. You, if you're practicing sin and you say you're a Christian, John has some things to say to us. And they're not even me. You can come up and yell at me later. You know, I talk about sin and you can talk about a lot. You can talk about God. You can talk about a lot of things, the religion, what church you go to, what you do for the holidays, the holy days. And people are kind of like, yeah, that's cool, whatever, and stuff like that. You start talking about Jesus. You start talking about sin. That's what people get so mad about. you telling me I can't. No, I'm telling you the Bible says that that's wrong. Spit the apple out. <laughs> you can't say, God says. And God says that's wrong, whatever that thing is. And this is the, ch the children of God are manifest. They're obvious. Put them in one category or the other. 
Good tree, good fruit, bad fruit, bad tree. Put him on, uh, committeth sin of the devil, uh, uh, abide in Christ of Christ. I mean, in this the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Whoso doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. And by the way, the, the end result of all this, you want to get over and do this right, love your brother. That's the whole thing. Someone comes to Jesus, you know, how do I keep the law? What do I got to do? Love God, the whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the problem is we never love God enough, and that's why we sin. We love our sin more than we love God. It's always a problem. And what's the other thing? Well, if we loved one another as we're supposed to, you're not going to sin against people that you love. That's how it works, and it really works that way. I'm not going to rip them off, not going to lie to them, not going to involve them in my sex sin, not going to kill them, not going to hurt them at all if you love them. This is the message you heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. He keeps bringing us back to that, love one another. But he mentioned something from the beginning. Now he's going to talk about what the beginning is, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is it that beginning? Yeah, I think John says it's that beginning. Not as Cain. Now we're back in Genesis. Hey, listen, you're supposed to love one another. Not like Cain. Hey, this message has been around forever. This predates gospel times. This, this is like the first thing God ever said to us. Uh, it, you gotta, gotta figure that out. It's not like Cain, who slew his brother. By the way, the word slew there means to kill by cutting one's throat. Now, I don't know if you want to put this in like our seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, seven year olds, but back there, you always see a picture, he's got like a stick or a rock and he hits him with a head, which is grisly enough. But this talks about who Cain is. How would he know how to kill his brother? How would he know if he hit him with a rock he would die or a stick or whatever? Nothing ever died up to that point except the sacrifice where God had you know, made them a coat of skins. How did God do that? Like all high priests ever since, they take the offering and they slice its throat. You say, that's pretty grisly. I know. Why Why is Cain such a, such a, such a bad guy? Well, not only did he kill his brother, which is bad enough. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, that's off the scale, that's 50, right? Bad enough. He's even worse than that. He took an act of worship and turned it into slaughter. He slaughtered his brother. That's unspeakably depraved. But that's who we are without love in our hearts. You say, well, so I got to, you know, make sure I, you know, just grab all this love and just, no, just let it flow. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. You just got to not block his love. You know, I, I, it may take a prayer. It might say, oh, this guy's standing on my last nerve. I want to hit him. I can't hit him. That's not a Christian thing to do. What should I do, Lord? Love him. Okay, how? Will God speak to you in that situation? Almost always. Will he give you some inspiration how in that situation to show love? Almost always. I've found that God's got a lot to say if you were willing to listen. He's not that way far away, distant God. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus says. Let me keep going. I'll sort of finish. It's not like Cain who slew his, uh, was of the wicked one. He's of Satan. He slew his brother. And why did he slew him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Now, he's going to go on to say, marvel not, my brother, the world hate you. Cain's a good example of that. When you, when you live a righteous life, people hate you. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm not going to live a righteous life. I'm going to try one of them. Then you're not the real deal. This is what the scripture is saying. Listen, am I giving an altar call here and say, come on up and really super repent? <sighs> I have my worship guys come up. I just talk to somebody. Just pray with somebody. This is like real, real where we live Christianity. I got this sin in my life. I got this. I can't get rid of it. I, I know we all have a pension towards, does it defeat you all the time? Every time the sin comes, you just give in to it all the time? Uh-uh. That, no. And if we learn anything today, we've learned that. You, you commit sin. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Adam, soften it up. I can't, and I don't want to really repent, really ask Christ in your heart. Will he come in? Will he give you the power to over, overcome sin in your life? I guarantee it, because the Bible guarantees it. Let's pray. Go ahead and stand. Father, uh, thank you for the victory. We have overcome the world because Jesus overcome the world. We, have, we're, we're, we, we died with him, and we've resurrected with him to newness of life we don't look the same we don't act the same it's all different now thank and praise you savior for being so good to us now may the lord bless thee and keep thee the lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace grace and peace amen